0: Hey, John Maxwell here, and I am with my wonderful friend, Brandon Dawson, and we're here to talk to you about The 16 Laws of Communication, a book that I just finished writing, and I'm very excited because Warren Buffett said that if there's one skill that you need to develop to increase your net worth, I know we would think it would be finances, we would, because he's the finance boy. He said communication. When you can learn to connect and communicate and cast vision to your team, that's the most important skill that you can have, and that is what we're going to talk about. It's
1: awesome. Man, you're so good at this. You're so good at this. All right, now I'm going to do mine real quick. Okay. Okay. Hey, everybody, it's Brandon Dawson here with another episode of Building Billions, where we talk about thought leaders, uh, founders, entrepreneurs that Uh, want to take control of their future and uh and just crush it and today on my show i have one of my most dearest mentors and friends i've learned more about leadership from this gentleman uh and have applied it in my daily life which has allowed me to become successful so therefore he's got a new book out 16 laws of communication we are going to be talking to my dear friend mentor dr john maxwell look at that
0: oh come on brandon Look at that! Together, Look at
1: that. That's amazing. All right, so John, I'm gonna I'm gonna just kick We're this just off, cause you you and I you and I don't need intros or outros. We just need to do what we do best, which is to talk about how amazing your bodies of work are and how impactful they've been in my life. You know, uh, you know as well as I do that for years I broke down each of your laws. I believe there's 53. You've just added a whole. You just added 16. Minus some of the ones that you use to reinforce uh, some of the older laws to reinforce these 16 laws in the algorithm. See, the thing I think people miss when they read your book sometimes, everything's an algorithm. You're telling them exactly how to do it in sequence. Yeah. Absolutely. And what I can remember the first time we met was many, many years ago.
0: And what you had done in your business is you had taken the 21 laws of leadership and you had literally built your business with practice and principles off of those laws. And I remember sitting there and there watching you teach, train, equip your people. And I thought to myself, now here's a guy that understands that a book is an asset that you take and apply it to your business to build your business. And that's exactly what we're doing. As an author, writer, Brandon, that's what I love. I love more than anything else People taking my stuff and practicing it and then teaching it and then letting it multiply whatever they're trying to accomplish. That's why I do what you do. That's why you do what you do, too. I mean, our, our heart. One of the things I always loved about you, Brandon, our heart is always, whatever we're doing, how does this help people? You're, you're, not, you're, you're not a reservoir. You're a river. Mm. You're, not, you're not storing that stuff up and damming it up and saying, someday I may need this water. You are just let that flow to the people. So everything I do, when I write a book, everything I learn, I say, okay, how do I apply this to myself? How do I become successful with it? And the moment I've got it figured out, the next question is, okay, now how do I get this to the people as quickly as I possibly can?
1: Well, you know, John, in my first company, I had so much success early on in my 20s. Um, that I almost thought I could do no wrong. And then all of a sudden, at the peak of my professional and financial career, it all went away. And and I was a victim of why it went away for a few years until one of my mentors said, what did you create that caused those conditions? You need to go back and identify what you created that caused those conditions for that ultimate outcome to happen. And it wasn't until I reflected back that I realized one of the single largest issues I had in that first company, despite the success we were having, was that I was not leading my team. I was commanding and I was dictating and I would pressure and push and scream and yell and 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 when i left that business i had 380 employees not one of them said thank you for the opportunity for seven years to work for you and i had to do some serious assessments to understand where was i deficient in my ability to connect to people and lead them as a leader not as a dictator and it wasn't until i opened that 21 irrefutable laws that it entirely it was so crystallized in my mind that things that I had done wrong. Now, let's fast forward to reapplying the things I learned from you, becoming a a true leader, leadership is making other people's success easy. All the things that you teach, selling my last business for $151 million and making my employees and my customers, all my partners and celebrating that. And now the thing I've learned mostly about building businesses, it isn't what you say, it's what people think they heard and if you're a poor communicator you have no idea what other people think they heard because they filter it through their belief structure and now you just put a book out 16 laws of communication that that if somebody reads it with the right filters they will understand that what you're doing is you're laying out the exact process for people to understand what other people heard so that they can come together and maximize the opportunity of communication. And I just love the fact that you just so simply put, put it in principles that people can understand.
0: You're a hundred percent, Brandon.
1: You,
0: you see, the big miss in communication is assumption. Mm. Uh, assumption is the mother of all messes, I, I, I promise you. If you're leading and you're assuming, you're in trouble. If you're communicating and you're assuming, you're in trouble. That's why I tell communicators and leaders, you got to go find the people before you can lead the people. So it doesn't start with leadership. It doesn't start with getting up and casting a vision and making statements. It starts with knowing where the people are And the moment that we know where they are now, we can connect with you. You can't connect with the person until you find that common ground. So, in the 16 Moles of Leadership, I really worked very hard at helping people understand, communicators, that it's not about me, it's about the people. So, for example, when the book was coming out, Brandon, we did uh, like a, you know, a, a, maybe a 50 minute video on the, on the book. And I, had, and I insisted, the ones that were producing the video, I said, I want the first scene and the first shot of me being in the auditorium in a seat. I don't want it to be on stage. And so they zero in here. I'm in the auditorium. Nobody's in there yet. And I'm saying, this is where communication starts. It doesn't start up there. It starts right here. Because in a few moments, there are going to be people in these seats. I got to ask myself one question. Where are they? What do they need? How can I help them? And then once I get over myself and it's all about them, by the way, you really can't help people if it's about you. I I don't have enough energy to want everybody to think it's all about me and they can think about them. I've got got to focus on them. And so that getting over yourself is just huge in communication, it's just huge in leadership. But the moment that that happens, the people could tell when, when you're speaking if it's about you or if it's about them. They can tell when you're leading, if it's about you or if it's about them. And so what I love about communication as a leader is the fact that you very quickly understand that the great communicators understand that it's always about others. It's it's not about me, it's always about others. And so when I wrote the book, I really focused on helping anybody that picks up the 16 laws of communication, focusing on the fact that the moment you're thinking about them, that's the moment your communication strength begins to be developed.
1: Well, and 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 I just go through and I, I I read I read these laws in sequence, right? And you know, for me, I'm an algorithmic guy. I like to use all the laws in sequence, and I get down to to where most business owners struggle because my job is working uh, with business owners to be able to grow and scale and maximize the value of their business, not just for them, but the people who trust and follow them and help them. And 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 so when I get down and I and I, I read the law of relevance, it's like. Most business owners would think that that means, if they just heard that, oh, i got to explain to everybody why I'm important and why my business is important and why what we do is important. When I read law relevance, it's like I read it as the people that you need to help you do all that, what's in it for them? What's relevant to them? What, why would they want to work long weekends, strive, train, work harder? dedicate themselves to your vision if it's not relevant to the individual who you need to help you because if you as you have said no one person can achieve great things with so 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 and, and grant even says even jesus christ recruited 12 of his friends to help him with his message so there's no one person ever on this earth that can do it by themselves so talk a little bit about how to make other people's goals relevant so it ties in their energy effort and dedication to the business while you bring them along the journey of success.
0: Well, let's talk it about this way. One of the questions I'm asked all the time is people look at me and they say, how do you live a balanced life? And I look them and I say, you don't live a balanced life. Life's not balanced. I've never had a day in my life where life said, I'll be very balanced for you today, John. I'll be very even keel. no surprises, no twists, no turns. We'll just have a good playing field that you understand. Life isn't that way. You never become a balanced leader, but you can become a balanced team. And this is where the big miss is. Is The secret sauce is in the people that we bring about. And one of the laws I talk about in here is the law of collaboration, which says some of my best thinking has been done by others. Think about our relationship, whether we're playing golf, whether we're sitting and having dinner. Brandon, right? think of all the things that we feed off of each other. You'll share something with me. I'll say, oh my gosh, no. get my, I'm sorry, I'm getting it right, getting it down and, and We make each other better, but we make each other better. I mean, okay, if you have a good idea, but you don't share with me and I have a good idea, and I'll share it with you. You got a good idea, I got a good idea. But the moment that we start sharing it with each other, you don't get two good ideas, you get three or four or five, because uh, several good ideas become a great idea. And and there's, there's this incredible synergy and energy that comes, as you know, Brandon, in people coming together one of the big mistakes I made as a young leader is I would, I would think of an idea and then I would go over to a corner and I'd work on an idea that I, I just, I kept it to myself because I thought, I got to prove that I'm a good leader. So I've got to come out with this great idea. And what I found out was, no matter how long I thought about it, if I began to collaborate with others, within a few minutes, they'd already expanded it and they already made it better. And I shared thinking and sustain. share thinking multiplies everything. Sustain thinking crystallizes everything. Yeah. And when we bring our people together, that's what happens when we begin to understand teamwork, building, collaboration, all these things that you're talking about, Brandon. That, that you, and by the way, there's anybody better than Brandon Dawson on doing what he does. So I, I, uh, honestly, you're just... In a league of your own. I've watched what you do. And I'm all I, I just sit there and think someday, you know, I'm going to be like you. I, I, it's not happened yet, but someday, someday I'm going to get where you are because you have such an incredible ability to synthesize. You, you know, I don't know anybody who just takes something complex and brings it down. And, and you know, I talk in, in, in the 16 laws, Brad, I'm talking about the law of simplicity mm-hmm. and, and the whole issue of, of, of you know, breaking it down so that people can understand it, so that they can do it, so that it works, and and you do it so well, gosh, you do it so well.
1: And, and, you know, thank you, John, and and compliments from you go a long way as being my mentor and friend for so many years. Um, And when you talk about law of simplicity, I, I do 108 events a year teaching business owners how to start, grow, scale, uh, expand and eventually exit their business. And the law of sim- simplicity actually un- it actually explains what happens in the dynamic uh, state of the business when it's expanding or compressing. And it's because things people make things so hard that other people can't model, mimic, and master what has already been proven to work. So they get a chaotic environment. Because they don't have the comprehension or the understanding, and because they it seems difficult, although when broken down piece by piece, the task is actually simple. And when communicated appropriately and deployed appropriately, the impact is measurable. And and this book explains, explains this exact process. Everything in the 16 laws tells you how to start a business and grow it to $125 million. Do it right, do it, do it consistently. Do a simple, you know, simple, keep it simple. That's an old, old. But one thing, one thing on here is another law is that that jumps out at me. Why business owners struggle so much is the law of consistency. So, so the people do not understand. And when I read that, I get it. Like it slams me in the face that as a leader running an enterprise with 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000 people, the more consistent your organization is and its deliverable, the more consistent your leadership teams are in their communication uh, simplicity so that people understand where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to do it, who they're supposed to do it with, and the impact that multiplies to everyone working that way together Um, And and, and for business owners listening to this, it's like, this is like when I see one word that John uses or one law, I apply it through all aspects of the business because for most business owners, they're so inconsistent. They're inconsistent about their targets. They're inconsistent about their goals. They're inconsistent about the law, the big picture. Like, where are we going, why are we doing it? What's in it for everybody? They're so inconsistent with the deliverables that the employees following them can't create any momentum because they're, all, they're I call it whipsawed. They're always moved back and forth. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of consistency? Brandon, consistency compounds. Let's just start there. It compounds.
0: And, and so, would we know the essentials? So, consistency in the essentials. Again, the things that you try to help put a person that makes a business really grow. I mean, there are certain things. you got to get the essentials. But consistency of the essentials. What happens? In fact, I was having this conversation earlier today with James Clear, who wrote the book *Atomic Habits*, and, and he's, it's a great book, terrific, terrific book. And, and but here's what one he, of the things he teaches real well is the fact that our work is stored up before it shows up. Uh. And, and, and it's like an ice cube. It's like an ice cube. If you go in and you, you got it's 28 degrees in the room, the ice cube, you know, you turn the temperature up to 29 degrees of the dams, 30 degrees down that, 31 degrees out of the dams. All of a sudden, 32 degrees, and all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, the ice cube's melting. Now, what happened? The consistency of moving the temperature up at 28, 29, 30 was just as effective as 32. 32, just a breaking point. The guy, it's the guy piled in on the rock a thousand times, and on the thousand times the rock cracked. He doesn't say, oh, my gosh, that last time I did it right. No, 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 no. He was doing it right the whole time. It just didn't show up. And the issue with consistency so many times, Brandon, as you know, is it doesn't show up. And so we sit there, and we think, well, if it doesn't show up, I'll just blow it up. I'll quit, I'll leave, or whatever else. And so, so many people are real close to the rock cracking or the ice cube melting, but they stop at 30 degrees. Uh. I mean, in fact, what's sad is, they were just about there when they quit. Tyler Perry and I had this conversation one time. It was, was fabulous. And he told me, he said, you know, of course he's in the movie business and an actor and a producer. And he said, I built a studio, it was too small, so I built another studio, it was too small, I built third studio. studio, it was too small. And he said, I got tired of building studios. I said, I'm not gonna build any more studios. After three years of not building the studio and having his whole business go flat, Tyler finally said, okay, I'm going to another studio. Now, here's what's interesting. In our conversation, it was probably about a 20 minute conversation of this. I said, Tyler, let me tell you what you did to set. When you can afford to quit, you can't afford to quit. Uh-huh. And this is the big miss. People, because it's just being stored up, they stop a little short. with the P day was, geez, it was. The block, just, just around the corner, and all of a sudden, it happens for them. But because they don't see it, they lack consistency, and because of that consistency, obviously, you can't birth it. And so, therefore, hey, they stopped pounding all the rock at 995, and it was a 1,000 that would add that the rock would crack. They're
1: just, they're just that close. Well, and you know, so many business owners, we talk a lot about breakpoints, and so many business owners are so close to either breaking through or breaking, right? 97% of all businesses under 100 million within 10 years will fail. And the failure in my mind comes from a lack of consistency across the whole business and that chipping at the rock, chipping at the rock. But I think the single biggest mistakes I think business owner make is the last three laws in the book. So I'm gonna run through these listening, law of listening. Well, if you're not listening to your team, And you're not hearing what's important to them personally, professionally, and financially, and you're not connecting with that, then why should they listen to you? And then it leads to heart. You said if you want to give a if you wanna get a hand, give one first. So if I want my team to do something, I need to first demonstrate what's in it for them and I'm committed to their success, and then emotion. Where there's a lack of emotion, I have a rule in business, the only emotion that belongs in business is the emotion of celebration because high emotions, low intelligence, but if you're celebrating, who cares? You can go break stuff and throw things at each other. You're all so happy. It doesn't matter. So when I read these laws, I see consistent, I just see the sequence in which you must connect with people to move them so they move the business. Talk a little bit about personally, professionally, financially, talk a little about the significance of this.
0: One of the laws I have in the 16 Laws book is the law of the thermostat. And the law of the thermostat says that communicators, leaders, read the room and change the temperature. It, it, instead of trying to ha- get people to fit exactly what they had planned, they read the room. And, and what, what does that mean? You read the room. What, what, what great leaders do? They listen, they learn, and then they lead. Uh. They don't lead first. And and the key to listening is asking questions. Like I wrote a book, as you know, several years ago called Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. And it, and it was all about the fact you just got to be asking the questions. But, but the, the ability to listen to the people, to know the, where they are. You know, before Jack Welch passed away, of course, he was a... A, a, a mega CEO for General Electric for so years in the in, in the years of General Electric, and when he would go to a plant, he'd talk to the plant manager for about thirty minutes, kind of get the lay of the land, and then he said, "I'll see you at three o'clock." and He left, and he'd go through the plant. he go down to the he'd go down to the lines, and he'd talk to the people, and he'd ask them questions. And at three o'clock, he'd come back to the manager, and he'd say, "Did you know? Did you know this? Did you know that?" Did you? And the manager say, Oh, I had no clue. Well, what, what was Jack Welps doing? Mm-hmm. Jack Welch, instead of staying in the office, was out there with the people, finding out what worked, what didn't work. Because here's what Jack Welps knew The answers are always at the lowest level possible. The problems are solved, always at the lowest level possible. The decisions have to be made, always at the lowest level possible. And so that's where he went, and that's what he learned. And then he led. I think so many times we're so anxious to lead that we haven't found the people yet, and that gets us back to the mother of all uh, mess-ups, which is assumptions.
1: Yeah, and they have it, and and when they do know what direction they wanna go, and they do have this picture, They forget to include the picture for every person they need to get help from in order to accomplish it. And that's the heart, that's the law of heart. It's like, how can you expect me to show up and be the best version of myself every single day for you if I don't believe you as my leader are showing up to be the best version for me to give me that example so I have something to follow but also something I can add value to, which is another law. So, so. It's, it's, it's just, it's incredible when you use the word simplicity, it's incredible to see how you've just laid out the blueprint if somebody reads it, applies it, learns to understand it, and then perfects the law, one sequence at a time, one step at a time.
0: And simplicity, let me break it down because
1: in the book I talk
0: about the fact, the secret of my simplicity are the following things. One, values. Once you know what your values are, you can make any decision. decision Decision-making is easy, but if I don't know what my values are, I can't make it. Mm -hmm. Second is principles. There are certain principles that just absolutely work. It's the door star. So when I have my values aligned and I understand my principles, and then I know what the priorities are, which is where the effort has to be extended, now, all I need is a system. And that's one of the things that you're so strong on is developing. Systems are freeways. It just They just get you to, it's the best way to get where you want to in the quickest way possible. But when you can, when you can combine your values, your principles, your prioritize and systems well, and become intentional. That's the last keyword. Mm-hmm. Just intentional, here's what I do, and here's why I do it, and this is why I do it all the time. Once that happens, I'm telling you, you could build a great work. You could have a you could have you could be a terrific leader. It happens once you get all those things in order.
1: And, and you spell it out. And I sixteen laws of communication. I mean, look, I think I think I think that that for people watching this, especially if you're in my audience, you know I talk about the impact John's had on my life, and you know that I talk about the the various laws and how they fit into starting, growing, scaling your business. The 16 laws of communication really funnels down for you the sequence in which you should structure your activities in communication and and assess to yourself. Like, uh, assess are you being open? Are you being honest? Are you being direct? Are you being sincere? Do you paint a big enough picture for people so that they can see themselves succeeding inside of your success? And then are you attaching that success to the things that you need? to have them help you do in order for all of you to succeed. It's in the book, read the book. Don't just read it though. This is the one thing I learned when I started with 21 Irrefutable Laws and went through every single book that John's written, is that you don't just read it, you immediately go out and apply it. I would just challenge everybody to take this book, go through each chapter, design your plan, and deploy it in your business immediately and watch what happens when you break through the the stress the friction re- resistance fear anxiety stress all these things that happen because people are just uncertain because they don't know what they don't know and you have an opportunity using this book to lead them to success. Love it. Now John let's pivot for a second here because look you know how much I love you and and you know how much i've learned from you i think that's the most important thing I, I learned to love you because of what i learned from you and your commitment to teaching that that you wrote the forward to my book nine figure mindset and and it's coming out here in a few weeks and i think i think the one thing uh, i would ask you because the audience watching this a lot of people don't know who i am everyone should know in the world who you are if they're listening to my advice what would you say would be the reason that you were willing to write the forward? And then what have you actually experienced personally with me watching the evolution of, of my success that would even justify writing a book like this?
0: Well, well, first of all, when you write a forward to the book, you don't write a forward to the book because of what they put in the book. You write a forward to the book because you know the person. I don't write forewords for people I don't know. Even if what they have, they can't bring a book. But the the, the moral authority of your book, Brandon, is who you are. Uh You're you're not writing a book for a reader that you have some things that you've thought about that you would like to pass on because I think maybe they could help you. You're writing things that you have lived. You, You are writing things that you not only have lived, but that you've been very successful in. And so, when somebody asks me about the potential of a book, I always say, look at the potential of the person. If the person is doing well, then the book's going to, I want to read the book. If the person isn't really doing well, I mean, if it's fiction, I might read it, but I'm not, I'm not, for self-help and personal growth and development, I'm only going to follow the person that succeeded. Brandon, one of the reasons that I have so long admired you is because you don't just tell people what you're going to do, you show people what you're going to do. You and I both know, when you try to train and equip people in something that you're not good at, it's as worthless as could be. I mean, I mean, we're not sitting here talking today and you're saying, John, I'd like you to talk to us about ballet dancing. Well, what's a fat person like me going to talk about <laughs> ballet dancing when... I can't ballet. I mean, nobody wants to hear me do ballet. No, Nobody on this show today has looked and said, boy, I hope John Maxwell breaks forth in song. If he would just sing a while, <laughs> wouldn't that, wouldn't it be amazing? Come on, sing a little, John. No, no, no. Nobody wants to hear me say, I can't sing. They want me to talk about leadership. They want me to talk about communication. Well, when it talked about Brandon Dawson, you are the real deal. You are show and tell. It's like like my mentor, John Wood, he used to tell spiders, don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me what you're gonna do. The reason you are so successful is because you have moral authority. And the reason you have moral authority is because you've done it. Brandon, you are a leader that could honestly use the words of Jesus. Follow me. Just follow me. Just follow me. I've done that. I've been successful with it. Think about it. The only reason to follow anybody is that they're successful. Think, I mean, just think about it. If if LeBron James was with me in the studio, and we we're gonna choose up and have a pickup basketball game, and LeBron's gonna pick some players, and he's gonna pick one, I'm gonna pick one. When LeBron's picking someone, everybody's jumping up and down saying, pick me, well, they wanna be on the winning team. When I'm picking somebody, they're diving beneath the desk, and they're hiding, they wanna pick fit. They're not gonna win with me. The reason people join a team, and the reason people follow a leader like you, Brandon, is because you win. You've been successful. This isn't theory to you. This is practice to you. Now, one more thing about you in the book. It's one thing to have been able to do it. It's another thing to be able to train others how to do it. Mm. You and I both, know there are some really good individual producers that they just do good. They make a lot of money for themselves, and they do well, but they can't develop teams. What you have succeeded in doing is you do it, but you've all succeeded in getting other people to do it. To me... The greatness of a leader is what he or she has been able to reproduce in other people. To to me, the validity of leadership is how many people do you have that you've trained that are successful themselves? And you have a long Brandon Dawson line, a long one. A thousands of people would look at you and point you and say, I'm a better business person because he came into my life. And why? Because you've lived it, you are it, you're authentic. You have more authority. Therefore, you know how to help other people do it. And that's why I wrote the forward of the book. I know Brandon Dawson. If I know Brandon Dawson, the book's going to be fine.
1: If he's the real deal,
0: the book's the real deal.
1: I appreciate that. And you and and the the things I discuss in this book is how I had my own personal transformation from who I was, what my self-created obstacles were. And how I was led through the process of opening my mind and my heart and my awareness and my understanding so I can become the version of myself mm. that I had the skill set to do. I just was lost and didn't know how to get there. And I think the inspiration in this book for me and why I love having you be able to talk about it so much is because you know how difficult that journey was for me. But also now we've been working together, I don't know, probably... 12, 13 years, and you've seen different iterations of the things that have been created. And, and, and a lot of it, foundationally, in the embodiment of your work. So when you, were, when you were going through the book and you were seeing what I was writing, was there any memories you had about, I remember that guy back sitting there in 2010 or 11 or 12, and, and I was watching this evolution.
0: I've seen you evolve but what I, I didn't pick up on you on when you were in your 20s when you, you know, when you were talking about earlier about your your failures and, and the losses i picked up on you really about 12 13 years and you were already on this tra- trajectory so I, I i kind of i saw you um one of the things i tell people all the time is i i wish they could have seen me when i started yep because because they would be greatly encouraged you know what i mean because i wasn't that good And and then what happens is when you, it's kind of like in the beginning, you're never as bad as people think you are. And in the end, you're never as good as people think you are. I mean, it it kind of compounds. But what I picked up on you, Brandon, I could tell already you understood leadership and you were applying it to your people. And one of the things you were doing is you were developing leaders in your company, which allows that company to begin to grow and begin to develop and, and and begin to prosper. So the evolution I have seen in you has been you built a very successful company, sold it for $150, $60 million, so that that'd a huge price. But because you're good, you can go do it again, and do it again. And you're not a one-hit wonder. You know what I mean, for people my age, we remember Debbie Boone, who sang You Light Up My Life, and for six months, it was the number one hit, and you're by singing You Light Up Your Life, but there comes a time when you look at Debbie and say, do you have another song? I mean. You know, or is it going to be you light up my life? I mean, it was number one, but we've heard it now. We got it. We memorized it. Do you have anything else? The successful people, Brandon, have been like you. They built a company, sold it, go over here, build something else. Those are the people you want to follow because they're not what I call one-hit wonders. And the evolution I've seen in you is maturity. When you build one company, there's a way to do it. And you kind a tendency to kind of say, this is how you do it. When you start building others and become successful, you become much more big picture and you understand the nuances and the contextualization of a company that really makes the art form of building it uh, very important. So where I see you growing and evolving is you understand the art form. So you can take anybody where they are and you can apply it to where they need to go and you could do it on their common ground not yours
1: that is a gift very few people have it you do
0: brandon very few people have
1: that gift well thank you john and and obviously uh, the just being such a strong impact in my life from so many different reasons i think people talk about you as being a, a being a leader coach you know a teacher of leadership and i i all the time explain to people that you you're you're a personal, professional, or financial, through the business coach, because the way you teach is algorithmic. And I think a lot of people try to read things in one-off and try to figure out how to make that one thing apply, whereas there's a sequence in in, in the way that you actually teach and you write and you define and you lead and, and you program. If somebody's willing to be programmed, it will program them to success, which is why I think I've had so much success is, it just follow the algorithm. don't try to don't try to change it. Don't try to pull things out of it. Just follow the breadcrumbs to success and stay consistent, which is why it's one of your laws. and And so for you to be the person that wrote the forward to my book, Nine Figure Mindset, this book really talks about, for me, John, all the obstacles I had to overcome. I sucked at leadership. I sucked at reading financials. I didn't understand it. I, I was I wasn't owning operations. I was a great sales guy that could grab attention and and sell a big vision, a big perspective, but I wasn't able to follow through on the details that allowed it to work and I created the conditions for my private equity group to eventually say, this has worked enough for us to sell it, but we don't have the confidence it's gonna work enough, long enough for it to get better than it already is today, therefore they sold my business. So I had to move from being a victim to a student, and, and I just want to tell you, and you know this, and we say it all the time, but you taught me so well, my friend.
0: Hey, Brandon, here's what I love about you. You're still a student. I'm a student. I, somebody asked me, said, well, now, how long does it take to be an entrepreneur? I said, it doesn't take long at all. You just have to be a person that travels around and has never done anything but gives out advice. There's no expert here. We, there's no finish line. There's no finish line. i mean, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still improving. I'm still reading. I'm still doing everything in my power to make my life better. And you, and you are too. And I think that is really key, because if you have a finish line, what the, it, when people have self-imposed finish lines, what happens is when they cross it, they're finished. Hello, what? I mean, there's something wrong with that picture. I want to keep learning. I want to keep improving. And, and when you and I are together. We can hardly wait to pick each other's brains. We can hardly wait to ask questions. Why? Because you don't teach me, brain. And when you wrote the book and I read it, I realized immediately you have something to teach me. You have something to deposit in me. And every person that picks up your book, they're going to get deposits in their life that will never be there without it. So it's it's kind of like, is the illiterate person who can't read any worse off than the person that is literate that doesn't read? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's when you put me. It, it, it's kind of like, why would you pass up on this book and get into it and let, let get the gold, get the gold, get the gold. When you're done, you're gonna say, thank you, Brandon. You've improved my life. You've taken me to a whole new level. And that's why we write books. That's the only reason I write books. I, I write books to add value to people. It, and, and if I ever stop adding value to people, I'll stop writing books, it's that simple but your heart to help people with your authenticity just makes you genuine and special and makes the book special too, my friend.
1: Well, thank you, John. And I'll tease everybody on on the show that you and I have some collaborations coming up. You have this new book, 16 Laws of Communication. I have my new book, uh, Nine Figure Mindset. Uh, I will tell anybody and everybody that if you put the combination of those two books together, you're going to see an algorithm. If you're paying attention, you're going to see, see a consistency 100%. And I'm looking forward to doing some things with you to extend what people can learn and, and the accessibility, maybe even personally to, to you and I. I always love collaborating with you. And uh, thank you for being on my show, Building Billions with Brandon Dawson. And uh, just so excited to have you, my friend. It, It works very simple, Brandon. When Brandon calls, I come.
0: Take care. You too, John.